Wait, what are we gonna say? Oh, God damn it! As <laughs> <laughs> alive, welcome, folks. <laughs> 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 oh. So some nerds have a podcast. That's what we we're gonna say, Elise. Uh, welcome to episode two. Uh, so we there's a lot of this changed in the last week. Uh, we, we're live. We've li- we're live. We're on you're, you're, iTunes now. Probably, but hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we may also be on Google Play and Spotify. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna look at our options and figure out where we're gonna be. But if you found us, that means that we are somewhere on the information superhighway. Yes. Welcome. My name's Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. Uh, we're your hosts. Uh, so we've got kind of a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Uh, at least wrote down a list of things <laughs> that we were going to be talking yes. about. Is this is uh, should we come up with a better name for this as well besides episode two? Episode two. I I feel like we need to have some sort of uh, witty name, it's, something interesting. Oh it, yes, we are on Facebook as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go like our page. Go like our page. Yeah. It's uh, some nerds have a fan page. It's Facebook.com/slash some nerds have a fan page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, an email account now. That's the other thing. Uh, so if you would like to write into the show for anything, uh, it is some nerds have an email at gmail.com. So the infrastructure is all there. The content just needs to be made. All we and the the, the content and you, the listening audience. Uh-huh. So welcome to the uh, Rosh Hashanah special holiday special. Yeah. Uh, Shalom, everybody. <laughs> Uh, is that what you say, Alex? I don't know. Is this the is this the holiday where you have to ask for forgiveness? No, that's the next one. Oh, okay, because I have a list. <laughs> Save it for next week. Save it for next week. Okay. That's Yom Kippur. Yeah. Okay. okay. Be prepared. Yom Kippur is coming. Mm-hmm. But this is not Jewish holiday cast. This is a <laughs> podcast. Welcome back to the Chosen Cast. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and some of us are chosen by proxy. Welcome to the Alex Jones podcast. <laughs> <laughs> these, these Zionists dealing with, with the their globalists. <laughs> globalists. Yeah, I've seen them. They're, they're, they're out there in the fields. They're zombies. They're, 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 they're sacrificing goats to this big owl. I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it's, it's weird. It's turning the friggin' frogs gay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are we gonna use this? <laughs> we're we're using all. Oh, okay, of this. It's this all is all going, going in. This is we're, uh, all making the cut. You might think this is because we strive for authenticity, but it is actually because we really suck at editing. We're just yeah. really super just, lazy. Yeah, <laughs> editing's a long and difficult process, and they make me do it. So yeah. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. <laughs> you know, some of us have jobs, Alex. That's I, all I'm gonna say. We all have jobs. It's just that some jobs are more important than others. Some yeah. jobs are more jobby than others. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All jobs are equal. Some jobs are more equal than others. Better. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, like, uh, as I was saying, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff on the roster today. I'm looking over what, what Elise wrote down last time we recorded. Um, one of the things on here is Hurricane Irma for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like a really big deal it last week. It seemed like a big w- deal last week. And, and then Maria's a really the, yeah. big deal this week. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of hurricanes, guys. And, you know, stay safe out there. Nature is trying to kill us all. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about it, uh, Darren Aronofsky has an entire movie about it called Mother, uh, which nobody's seen yet. So, 
Uh, I hear it. I, I thought you were going to talk about the day after tomorrow. With oh yeah, well it, that that too. <laughs> so it's more related to climate change. Yeah, but than this one mother. Is, but but mother is a, it's a it's an allegory. It's an allegory for the Don't Bible. Yeah, but also it's also for Mother Nature. Hence, oh, okay. hence the title. Get it? Yeah, do you get it? Do you get it? I get it. Get it, guys. I get it. Look, listen. Stay safe out there. Yeah. And if you're in Puerto Rico, I hope you have houses yeah. after this is done. Um, all right. So uh, I think the, the first thing that we should start with this week is kind of a follow-up to our main story, I suppose, last week. Um, so uh, at least... We have you, main stories now, people. We, we have a main... Well, we had a story that involved me reading a terrible fanfic for yes. like 20 minutes. Oh, Oh my god, breaking yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not breaking, breaking news. As of the day after we recorded it. Oh my god. <laughs> so, the girl who wrote My Immortal. Okay. So, it is officially a troll fic, but her life is bananas. B A N A N A S. Uh huh. Thank you okay. for that timely reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, she grew up in foster care. She was separated from her brother and then was using the fan fiction. And, like, the fan fiction culture that was on the internet in the mid-aughts to try to get closer to her brother, which is insane and bonkers. And then she's writing about it in her new memoir, which mm -hmm. someone else fill in while I actually look this up on my phone. Uh, yeah, yeah, so so she's also she's also apparently of Native American descent and, yes. and posts a lot of, of stuff about modern Native American politics. Yes. And also a lot, a lot of Undertale fan art. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about the Undertale fan art and just because like, I'm following her on Tumblr and it is basically just Undertale fan art. Yeah, no, but it's I, I, I got to give her props is because mm -hmm. at. What? How old was she when that came out? Like 15, 16? Something like that, but yeah. She essentially wrote probably one of the funniest pieces of contemporary comedy. Like, since that was all intentionally done to be terrible... Then it's intentionally comedy. And it's, yeah. yeah. And it's in... And it fooled us that, for, what, 11 years? It fooled us for more than that. <laughs> I mean, like, like, probably going on 15 years at this point. Mm. Like, like, hats off. That is really, really... That's really talent there okay so her official name is rose christo i think we said that last week but yeah continue her new memoir is called under the same stars the search for my brother and the true story of my immortal so i am i'm buying a copy i don't know about girl else. but two copies one house you've already yeah. sold it <laughs> totally absolutely ridiculous. and i'll just like everything mooch off you guys Probably. yeah that's fine <laughs> Um, so yeah. May 2018 May is when it's coming out. May 2018. Mark your calendars. Oh my God. Countdown. Can we get a countdown clock? Because I want one. <laughs> okay. Well, Ooh. every day on the Facebook page. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put <laughs> one on the Facebook page. Um, all right. So, so that, there's that. Um, I suppose next order of business. Uh, <laughs> unless anyone wants to say anything else about My Immortal, because My Immortal is fucking hilarious. Again, I think we should, and, and this would probably be much later, but I think we should do a like a round robin reading where like every one of us read, like you read one yeah. chapter, you read one chapter. I, I don't and, know. If, uh, do that. I, I feel I, like uh, oh, I went to um, speaking of like round robin readings. Mm -hmm. A number of years ago, I was at Katsucon, mm -hmm. and one of the like late night, like after midnight panels, eighteen and up only was public readings of erotic fan fiction oh, and it was yes. no you told me about this oh my god it was actually one of the funniest things i've ever been to in my life so yes i am a hundred percent for 
a public reading of my immortal. I, I'm okay. So here's my thoughts on this. Everybody's it, already done it. Ever, a everyone's already done but it. But everybody's already done this too. There's everyone's so, you know, already. Well, I mean, everybody has a podcast. Well, well, welcome to some nerds have a podcast where better memes go to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but my thought on this is that since it is intentionally funny, like reading it to make fun of it is now sort of passe, which. Congratulations, yeah. Chris Christo. Does, does, Congra- that, does that make it not funny anymore? Congratulations, <laughs> me two weeks ago. Well, I don't know if it doesn't make it funny anymore. Because <laughs> I but think that kind of defeats the point I, I think of it, it being the greatest comedic it, coup it, in okay, the history of fan fiction. It changes the context of the humor, is what I'm trying to say. Is that like, because before we were laughing at it, now we're laughing with it. So like, I'm does, still laughing at it. It's does, still fucking okay, hilarious. All right. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority here. Okay. But. So... I'm just going to posit this into the universe and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Here's what I'm thinking is that this is my personal fan theory about my mortal, which is that Rose Christo is actually Andy Kaufman reincarnate. Who is actually the head of InfoWars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just meat suits on meat suits. Meat suits all the way down. Uh, my name is Raven. Uh, Ebony, darkness, Ebony dark, darkness. Dementia Raven Way. And I'm turning the frickin' frogs gay. Oh my God. Catch him in bed with a Ron Weasley. All right. Things that I would, that I, the world is so bonkers in 2017 right now. Alex, Alex Jones, my immortal slash Things that I would believe. Listeners makes this happen. Rose Christo. Actually, Andy Kaufman. Who is actually, Who's actually Alex, Jones. Alex Jones? Yes. No. I. And, yeah. Yes. And and uh, vaccines fake the moon landing. All right. <laughs> so Good that's night, everybody. Pod- that's our podcast. <laughs> that's our uh, <laughs> uh, okay. No. So so moving on to to uh, completely shifting gears. Uh, next up on the docket, of course, uh, the big question on my mind. I'm sure the big question <laughs> on everyone's mind. Uh, Twin Peaks: The Return. Merely a great show, one of the greatest shows, or the greatest show to ever exist. Alex, your thoughts? Um, okay, so you, you know how you I, I, I told myself I was going to finish watching it. <laughs> I watched a few more episodes, like I'm a bit further along, but then I um, discovered something else that distracted my attention. Damn okay. it, Alex, this is like three bullet points on the agenda last week. I know, right? Yeah. We had like no time for anything this past week, and we finished watching yeah. it. Okay, yeah. fine. Well, I'll talk about what I was doing other than watching okay. Twin Peaks okay. later. Well, but... well thoughts, on, thoughts on Twin Peaks so far. What Thoughts on Twin Peaks? so far well i've got which episode are you at i'm on episode 14 what's it it's out of 18 so i've got yeah. more to go yeah so it's pretty far along and you know it's good it's it's just not drawing me back like the original did like for some reason you know it's it it is good i will grant you that I, i'm not saying it's a bad show by any stretch but i just have seemed to have lost interest. And I don't know if it's because of uh, this other thing that we'll talk about later, or if it's because there's just something that doesn't connect as much. I'm not drawn oh. back to it, but I, I don't know. It does, it does have a lot of good things happening there. Mm. Uh, and I, I want to know what's going on with, um, uh, with particularly with the investigation in Twin Peaks itself. Okay. Cause I like Twin Peaks, but 
all the stuff that's kind of going off in Dakota. Yeah. It's kind of starting to lose me. I do like, I will say, the adventures of, uh, what is it? Doogie. Dougie. Dougie. Dougie Jones. Dougie Jones. The adventures of Dougie Jones. You could probably just make that into its own thing, and I'd watch the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does the phrase, too much, come to mind? Nope. I I don't know if too much, but it... it, This has been a raging debate between Nick and I about... (laughs) It's not a a raging debate. Is that I enjoy it, and you're wrong. It's fine. (laughs) And no, it's that I, I I think that it was better when it was originally on network television because of the constraints that network television puts on it and having it on premium cable. It, it's just so it's just so much. And they're trying to shove it into 18 episodes. And it just is it is it like a thing like through adversity comes art kind of thing that you're arguing there? Yeah, that's what I'm arguing for the original Twin Peaks. Mm. And I feel like it's. It's it's so much David Lynch mm. that you lose a lot of the things that made Twin Peaks so endearing in the first, you know, because it was so kitschy and fun. I mean, it was dark. It was it mm-hmm. was dark as fuck. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you know, we lost we but, lost so much of the kitsch. Damn it! What you you so you think that that Dougie's not kitsch? I think and, that Dougie is is kitsch. And like I said, I would watch Dougie alone. Yeah, Dougie. But Dougie, uh, I would watch. Alone and not necessarily. I mean, I know it's it's you know it's Cooper. It, it's it's mm. intricately connected, and I know why it's connected, and I know what's going on. But even just if you renamed him, if you just said, "As adventures of a lookalike you know, vegetable guy that you know is found by his his wife, mm. and everything that happens to him is all lucky and all that," if you just pitched it as that and have it its own show, yeah. I would watch that, I, too. I, I think I actually said the same thing, yeah. didn't I? Like, when we were watching it, it's like, I would watch the Dougie Jones spinoff show. Like, yeah. I would just watch a show about him. Some of my favorite parts of the new Twin Peaks were uh, with Nadine and... Who is Nadine's husband from the original? Big, Ed, Big, Big Ed. Ed. Big Ed. It's like Nadine, Big Ed, and then the head waitress. There were, at, like, two episodes, though. Yeah, no, and I felt like that story Shovel line, yourself out of the shit. <laughs> right? Like, I love that. I yeah. love that. I thought that was great and i wish there was more of those kind of folksy like there was no there was a fish and the percolator moment you know of this new Mm -hmm. series and those are the things that i really loved and enjoyed about the original series i'll I'll agree with you on that i i kind of want to save my thoughts on this until we can all talk about it and we can do like kind of a big like spoiler cast about it that shit was bonkers it was it was pretty (laughs) crazy so alex you you need to get on that and finish Uh, this we can can talk about it yeah Um, i know i know i know i'll i I will share some of my thoughts about it now like yeah i I mean i'm not that big on if you want to spoil it for me that's no i i don't want to spoil it like i i want us to just be able to talk about the entire thing it's not it's not so much that i'm afraid about spoiling it is that i want us to have like there there is so much content there there is so much we need to talk about there we should also probably sometime between now and the next time we record we should also find some time to sit down and watch uh fire walk with me because you've never seen it i've never seen fire walk with me that's fire walk with me like and that I think that's one of the things that is losing a lot of people on this is, is they've never seen Fire Walk with me. Fire Walk with me is basically required viewing <laughs> to understand the major things that are happening in the show. I mean, I second that. I second that. I mean, if you know, I mean, like, I do know a bit about Fire Walk with me because mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, I'm not afraid of spoilers at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Where I've done research into what certain things mean, what is Garmin Bosia? You know, there's certain bits here and there that I do understand, 
But the, then, of course, there's other bits that I don't understand, having not actually seen it. So yeah. you know, we'll 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 look into it. Yeah, we should we should like movie set night. aside. Yeah, movie night. We'll do a double feature of that and the hour and a half of deleted scenes that's on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Is the hour and a half required viewing as well? Not entirely, but it adds a lot of context. Um, the miss, like honestly, because that. I feel like one of the reasons why I feel like it's required viewing um, is because Firewalk with me was essentially a dry run of what is happening in the show now. Mm-hmm. Um, that David Lynch was like because I mean one of the reasons why people keep, why it kind of is I disagree with you at least when you're talking about like the constraints of network television making the show better because the restraints of network television is what killed the show off in the first place. Um, and because, that, that I will agree with because yeah. because David Lynch had all these plans in mind for the show, and basically CBS fired him in the middle yeah. of the second season, um, and then like that's when we get all of the stupid crap like with with James and that housewife that he has the affair with. Yeah, did that even happen or did I dream that? That that happened, but it happened for like no reason. Uh, like we're talking yeah. we're talking about like pointless things in Twin Peaks. Nothing in season 3 is as pointless as that storyline. Oh, I tell you something that's as pointless as that storyline. It's sweeping the floor for five no, fucking minutes. No, I disagree. <laughs> and that... I strongly disagree. Okay, then. Explain to me the hidden meaning behind sweeping the I, floor for five I'm minutes. I'm not saying that there's a hidden meaning behind sweeping the floor for five minutes. I'm just saying it's not as pointless as that storyline. Okay. But, like, so Alex brings up a good point, right? Like, Which like, is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the sweeping scene. The sweeping scene. Right where the guy sweeps for five minutes, mm. and and that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about network constraints. And I understand like the okay. story, and I totally agree with the idea that like the network television schema of mm. how things should quote mm-hmm. should be done, um, and in, on network TV, I agree that really killed it. But the things like the five minute yeah. um, sweeping scene, the things like the, 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 just. The, the thing Gratuitous that the thing that comes yes. to mind is okay. self-indulgent. Okay. Yes, thank you. But I, I want to know if there's more meaning to it because otherwise it could be proven wrong. I've, so Nick, I've got again, I've got thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely something that's going to require several viewings for me mm-hmm. to kind of wrap my head around it. Um, I'm definitely buying the Blu-ray when that comes out because like I've already own seasons one and two on Blu-ray. I own Fire Walk with me on Blu-ray, so like this is definitely getting added to the collection because it is it is an integral part of the story in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I do have thoughts about like why so much like scenes of nothing happening and like slowness. Why is this story 18 episodes long when it could easily be 15 or it could be like 12 and get that story across and 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 i'm sorry to cut you off but like but showtime did try to cut it down they did they, they did and there were and and david lynch pitched a huge fit and walked off the set and basically like the fans demanded that he come back and showtime kind of relented to like what the things that he wanted to do um and so i think think that those things do serve a purpose i've got my theory as to what that purpose is do you not want to share it just yet i don't want to share it just yet because i want to talk about it again when we talk when when you have seen the entire series and we're talking about the series as a whole 
I, I would like to kind of bring this back up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like there is a place for that. But co- going back to my original point about Firewalk with me kind of being a dry run for the series. Um, because like he had been away from the show for a while and then he came back for like this last the last couple few episodes of episodes of season two I when think. it starts getting interesting again. when it starts getting interesting again and then he literally blows up a lot of the storylines like the, <laughs> like when audrey is in the bank and, and that blows kaboom. up kaboom and kaboom um and just and just is basically like fuck all this and then like he's away from it for another year or two i, it was, think. I think it was one year i think it was just one year you're right before um before he started to fire walk with me and you know, instead of making it a sequel, he he made it a prequel. He made it something that was kind of before. Um, but like a lot of the themes, a lot of the imagery, the big important ideas of Firewalk with me are central to season three. So that's in that sense, it's kind of a dry run. But it's also very much like this is not something that is necessarily made for the people who just like the quirky soap opera-ness. That kind of stuff is in the deleted scenes, which is why I think the, re- the deleted scenes are not required viewing, but they are, like, they're recommended viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, it shows that that stuff is still there, but what interests, what started to interest him more, I think, about the series was about this kind of larger mythology that the world had started to build in season two. Um, and that kind of, kind of was hinted at in season one. So that, to me, is is really what's going on in the return, and that's kind of where I'm going to leave my thoughts for now on that. I think, unless um, again, I do want to revisit this, and I want to talk about Firewalk with me and season three to a greater extent. But it, I thought it was freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. I we got to the ending, and I was, I thought it was basically the best possible way to end it in a way that it's like maybe in a few years this will be revisited and i have seen a a story recently where david lynch said it took me four and a half years to write this season so if we do get a season four of twin peaks it will probably be in another four and a half or five years but if we don't get another season in twin peaks then it can be okay it it depends (laughs) it depends on how you want to view it okay again i want i don't want to talk about it yet i want to get kind of your reactions but i've I have my reactions. I've got my thoughts kind of uh, stewing around. Sorry to make you guys wait another two weeks. Yeah. It's, okay. it's my fault. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to, Alex? You said that there was something else that you yeah. that kind of caught your attention instead. So I've been playing this new game. Maybe you heard of it. Maybe you haven't. It's called Skyrim. Um, oh yeah, brand new game, <laughs> brand oh new God. game. Never, never heard of it. Guys, 2017, the year. Yeah, so that Alex discovered Skyrim. So it's like Daggerfall, but smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's about it. That's about right. Uh, but yeah, no, that's less that's, stuff to do. Yeah, less stuff to do. You know, less procedural generation, but. You know, it's it's all right for what it is. No, it's it's pretty fun. And you know, again, when did, what year did that come out? Two thousand eleven. Although the Switch edition is was uh, just announced at this past E three. Yeah, the the special edition or whatever, where they took out all the bugs that make the game crash. Yeah. Uh, that that is what came out, and that's what I have, and that's what I've been playing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to play a game that you know everybody and their mother has played, mm-hmm. but I have only just recently got a computer that can actually play it. Have you installed the Macho Man Randy Savage mod already? I have not, although you know, as as a friend as a friend of ours knows that who will remain nameless, mm-hmm. uh, but has been helping me learn how to play the game. 
if you can think of it, there's a mod for it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, but so you you finally discovered Skyrim. What do you think of it so far? So far, it's it's pretty fun. Um, you know, I, I'm only just starting. I'm I'm only like at level mm -hmm. six. I, it's it's really just a thing where I just started working doing it this week. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like you know, it's every time I have a free moment. Oh, I can go play Skyrim, and my computer doesn't take th 15 minutes to boot up, um, and then stutter all the way. But no, it's like I, I don't play games like that very yeah. much. I'm not I'm not really. A, this is like the first major kind of. Uh, third person first person whatever you want to call it role playing game yeah. that that I've played on a computer uh, outside of Legend of Zelda <laughs> You have something to say at least? I, I I don't know I was trying to decide if I was if I wanted to say what Alex is trying to say is he's super cool no, or <laughs> Alex is super hipster I'm yeah. not I'm not sure it's one of the two No Alex <laughs> Alex is too cool to play video games you know he's I, uh, I actually conquer countries in they, my off time I'm they a, he has out. a I'm I'm a cartel warlord. Yeah, his, his his deadlift right now is like 550. <laughs> uh, five pounds and fifty. Yeah, five, yeah, five pounds. Five pounds. Fi yeah, fifty ounces. Fifty feathers. <laughs> but, what, what weighs more, a hundred pounds of feathers or a hundred pounds of lead? But but lead lead weighs more. Yeah. Let's let's heavier than feathers. No, no feathers, <laughs> because you have to live with all those poor chickens that you hurt. Oh my god! You Who said they live? were from chickens. I don't know. Uh, my fiance and his dad joke. <laughs> uh. Not quite yet, dad joke. Welcome to Dadcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm out. <I'm> ready? <laughs> and we're done. And it's over. Now this for, is the second time we've had podcasting a <laughs> is over. Second time we've had a fake ending to now, this podcast. Now for twenty minutes of me reading memes off my phone. <laughs> it's like returning. It's like Return of the King up in here with mm -hmm. a number of fake endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's time to go to the Grey Havens, everybody. <laughs> Holla back, two thousand three. Well, I mean, we already traveled back to two thousand eleven. <laughs> Damn, just just so, down memory memory so, lane. So Alex was waiting for this thing to literally come out on basically everything that has yeah. a screen before he played it. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for the EKG version of Skyrim. I mean, I want I want to be I'd able like to play it on my smartphone that I don't have. I'd, I'd like to play it on the uh, Alex TI doesn't have a smartphone. <laughs> TI-84 calculator version. <laughs> dude, do you remember Block Dude? I, Block I, Dude. I don't remember Block Dude. I remember Drug Wars. Okay. Drug Wars is probably the the uh, the Skyrim of its day. <laughs> no, Daggerfall was the Skyrim of its day. <laughs> Daggerfall was the Skyrim. <laughs> I don't, All right, we, we gotta, please we excuse wrap this the up gloom. And move on to something else. Do so we? I, like, I'm enjoying this. Okay. Uh, are you? Are you playing anything else? Like, has that been your week, basically? I mean, basically, I've been doing a little writing here and there, but other than that, you know, I'm basically just kind of keeping myself to myself, and you know. Yeah. Putting my nose to the grindstone, working. And I was hoping that someone would actually have an interesting week because Elise and I have just been working <laughs> I mean, our asses off. You know, not, it, like, it, it is interesting, and I can, you know. I'm that weirdo that likes to create character backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I like talk thinking about like, okay, after I figure out how to actually play the game, uh, what is this character? What is their motivation? What do they want to do? And it's like, oh, okay, well, this character is an imperial, so I guess I'll side with the imperials. You know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it's like, oh, well, she's a wizard, I guess, because I like the magic. 
And, oh, Conjure... Oh, I guess she doesn't care about the whole war thing. She just wants to be able to summon stuff. Yeah. But, because uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I guess if there's a war to fight, she'll do it. So, you know, it's, it's really cool looking into it. I've, I've taken to collecting books. Uh, because there's, like, a lot of books in there, and unfortunately oh, yeah. I can't carry all these books. No, you cannot. So I've, uh, my follower, my uh, companion, that's her task now, is to carry the books mm-hmm. and uh, not much else. You haven't gotten a house yet? No, I've not gotten a house yet, although I'm, I'm looking into it uh, and a place to keep all my books. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll sit down one day and I'll just be in Skyrim reading books <laughs> <laughs> because there's, that is my idea. There, Fun. Thank you. There's a ridiculous amount of backstory. Like you can't actually spend a lot of time reading all of the books in those games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just like here is the the fourth volume of the history of Morrowind. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And and here's the events of Daggerfall. Yeah, the events of Daggerfall. I'm pretty sure the events of Morrowind are also in yep, there. Yep, they're in there. Basically, the history of the Empire is yeah. in there. I've got all four editions of you know, it. You know what I like? <laughs> I, I like those games a lot, but you know what I don't understand? What don't you it, understand? It's, I came in with Morrowind. Like, you've been making mm-hmm. a lot of references to Daggerfall. That's the only other Elder Scrolls game I've played. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've played everything. I think, like, most people like a lot of people anyway my, my introduction to elder scrolls was morrowind and then i played oblivion and then i played skyrim mm-hmm. um but with with I, I think uh like morrowind i think is the best for it's really glitchy and there's a lot of big problems with it but in terms of just like creativity and like like feel of the world like morrowind doesn't feel like anything else like when when Oblivion came out, my big complaint with it was like it felt too much like a generic fantasy, and there wasn't like oh here are these giant insects that you use for your fast travel system that like just walk around these swamps. Here are these wizard people that live inside giant mushrooms. <laughs> like there was really interesting shit in Morrowind, mm. and I feel like like Oblivion is just kind of generic fantasy, and like Elder Scrolls is like. Ge- or uh, and Skyrim. Skyrim is just generic fantasy, but this time in Norway with um, with a civil war going on. With a civil war, like the civil war does make it a bit more interesting mm-hmm. than Oblivion, which I mean, there was there was something with that. I mean, what I think is is interesting in Skyrim is what happens before the events of the game. As I've been mm-hmm. reading through some of these yeah. things, where it's talking about like you know, Tam- the Empire of Tamriel no longer is the only political entity. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. And it's like everything's breaking apart. It's like, is this the this land's equivalent of the migration period? Yeah. Or like the Dark Ages, if you want to go, you know, old school. But but what I was um, what I was getting for, and I kind of got off track. What I was getting for, uh, what I what I find weird about the series is that like when you get through Morrowind, spoiler alert for a fifteen year old game at this point, uh, you find out that the the player character is essentially the reincarnation of a god. And, like, you're a god come back to life to slay an ancient evil. And that's, like, barely a footnote in the history <laughs> of the Elder Scrolls games. Like, it well, just... Well, because with the events of Oblivion, everything kind of comes to a head, right? And that, that kind of becomes the new... It's like it raises the bar a little bit. Not really, because, I mean, like, the, the, the storyline of Oblivion is Patrick Stewart dies... He has an un, an illegitimate son who, who is dies. the only heir to the throne. You put him on the throne. 
and also hell tries to invade. Yeah, I think it's but that, like that the hell trying invade. But the hell the tries to invade is like a is it in itself kind of a footnote to this other story. But in Skyrim, everyone references it like it was you know the the fucking almost end of the world, which it, you know it, it was. I mean, in in terms of the history, and that's kind of the point that I'm getting at. I have literally nothing to add. <laughs> I like literally nothing. That's okay. That's Elise. why I've been so quiet. I'm like I just I. She's still. Still here. It's yeah, okay. she's still here. But what, checking her smartphone. But what, yeah. What I'm what I'm like saying. An adult, <laughs> like an adult. Hey, kids have smartphones. Kids too. do have smartphones. Yeah. What I, I guess what Alex I'm. Alex doesn't have a smartphone. <laughs> Alex is neither adult nor child. Alex is Alex. <laughs> Alex is a man child. <laughs> forever, forever stuck in limbo between a liminal state between childhood and manhood. It's a living. He's. <laughs> It's a it's a character arc, <laughs> uh, uh, but no. The, the point that I'm trying to make is like okay, so in in uh, Morrowind, mm-hmm. you know, it's like oh man, this is a huge plot twist. Like this is a big deal. My character is a big deal, and then it's like barely a footnote in the game. The 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 big thing about like oh man, the all those Oblivion gates opening a few years back with like that the, the referencing in Skyrim is like while you're playing Oblivion. It's like you're going off doing other things, and then it's like, oh shit, another Oblivion Gate. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that because like the the Oblivion Gates were so like samey and so boring and just kind of a slog to get through that that part of the the game was the least interesting part. And then when you finish the main quest line again, the 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 main idea of the main quest line is. You need to get this guy who didn't know he was the heir to the throne onto the throne. Mm-hmm. So it's just the emperor dies, find the new emperor and get him on the throne. And like that's so a I don't know. It's it seems like I guess it's just a weird kind of a, like attention like the the attention that the the histories play is not the attention that most people that I know that have played these games pay to it. Like the things that are more interesting are not the things that get told about in the in the history. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't played any other Elder Scrolls game except Daggerfall, and that was only because they released it for free. Yeah. And you know, it's because it would also work on my piece of shit computer, uh, <laughs> and even then, only barely. Uh, but um, but no, Skyrim. It's it's fun. Like I said, I I don't have that same level of background with it, mm. and so I can't really say anything to judge it, compare it to other games like that. Like like you know, if I were to also have played a bunch of other you know, role playing RPGs, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'd be able to say a lot more about it. And and as it is, I'm still just getting started. Yeah. Um, I do like 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 for example, I want to be able to have here. Yeah, have a house, have a job in this mm. thing. <laughs> Let's play the Sims. You have a job. It's called being the dragon. It's called being the dragon. No, but I want to like just do other stuff. So you want to be a baby boomer in Skyrim? Is that is that what I'm hearing? I want to have a job I mean, and a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have a job and a house, some decent credit, so you can buy more. No, this more this, shields that have been dipped in isn't dragon's that, blood. Isn't that just the life dream of every millennial, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the Skyrim <laughs> that's dream. That's why man. we that's why we escape into video games. It's so it's we because, can have houses. I, <laughs> <laughs> Only in Breath of the Wild can I afford a house. <laughs> that's true. Well, in Breath of the Wild, the economy makes oh, sense. My God. Uh, uh, oh, capitalism man. is terrible. 
Um, <laughs> Don't say that. You're gonna. And there go the there go the bougie listeners. Yeah. Down. Now, now that they're gone, right, we can plot the revolution. <laughs> Comrades. <laughs> Uh, should uh, I did I put this in the wrong category? <laughs> of iTunes. It's now it's not the politics yeah. section of iTunes. Uh, damn it. Um, um, this is why we keep the last names hidden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That way the NSA can't track us. If they don't know your last name, they have no power over you. <laughs> <laughs> they work with they work with uh, with vampire. They need to know your true name. Yeah, they have to know your true name. Only be invited in. They have to be invited in, yeah. You know, they, they the holy symbols keep them away. Um, silver, probably. I don't know. Um, we're back to Alex Jones talk. <laughs> <laughs> These are vampires. They're controlling the media. <laughs> Can, can we move on from Skyrim? Yeah, yes, we on. can move on. Let's move on. Like the rest of the world has like four years ago. Let us move on from Skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'll continue to live in the past. Skyrim is over. Skyrim is over. I know. Well, when are they going to make something well, new? Well, Skyrim- when, when is Bethesda going to make something new? Uh, well, they did last year. It was called Doom. It's oh, this little yeah. game, little franchise. Hey, uh, you can play that on a TI-84 calculator. You can play that on a TI-84 <laughs> You probably can play the newest version on a TI-84 no, calculator. No, but the original, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you definitely can. If you, like, anything that runs, like, one of the first things that people do when they build a new piece of hardware is they see if they can run Doom on it. And if they can't, it doesn't, it's not worth your time. I, the iPod, the iWatch? Yeah, you can watch, yeah. Probably. Are yep. Fitbits? Certainly. <laughs> I mean, you can play Flappy Bird on this, so I'm pretty sure we could probably pay, play Doom. Uh, um, we need to do that before next season. That's, yeah. a, that, that, that's when you've, like, tripled all of your goals every day. It's like, then you unlock Doom <laughs> you on your Fitbit. Oh, I bet that is. And it's a, got a little chirpy yeah. version of music. Okay, so moving on. Uh... Uh, what what else? Well, well, let's talk about other people's weeks before we get into the rest of the roster, I guess. Since since Alex kind of kicked us off with what he was doing, yeah, so thanks. Elise, um, what have you been welcome. doing? Uh, I've been I've been working. I was in a wedding. Yep. Um, I was at the wedding. They were not. It was not their it wedding. Was not, it was our not our wedding. Our wedding. Don't no, get no, excited, no. folks. <laughs> calm down, calm down, podcast listeners and my parents. Um. Your parents don't listen Wait. to podcasts. No, your dad does listen <laughs> to podcasts. My dad listens because I downloaded the NPR Bruce, don't app. download this podcast. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. He only I only showed him how to get the NPR oh, podcast okay. app. Just um, all listening to Kai Rizdal. Man, I listen to so much NPR. Fuck you. I love Kai Rizdal. I would not leave him for Kai Rizdal. I might leave him for Kai Rizdal. So tell us about uh, listening to NPR this week. Yeah. It is so... Well, first of all, it was Pledge Week. Um... <laughs> Which is great. They were trying to pimp out these. Uh, what is a pledge week? Super. What? Everyone knows what pledge week is. I don't know what the pledge what? week is. No. Do oh you never? God. Do you not like? How are you not like a PBS watcher? <laughs> I don't know what this is. Come on, guys. Oh my god. Is this no. where they do the telefunding? This is actually, yes. like, okay. All right, that's what it is. NPR telefunding. and PBS might actually be too bougie. For for Alex, oh, um, my PBS yeah. is a tool of the pro. Uh, <laughs> If it isn't pl- if it isn't uh, if it isn't published by the Chipa- the Chiapas in, <laughs> in, the, in the Sesame <laughs> Street of, uh, 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 suppresses the proletariat. So, something that I Big Bird sh- has slaves in China. Look it up. <laughs> okay, first of all, I have two legitimate thoughts about okay, this. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, fine. All right. Number one is uh, PBS actually has a basically a 
an internet style quiz to see how thick your bubble is. Oh yeah. Uh, your bubble, which is the bubble that kind of keeps you from other people from experiencing uh, people of other races, cultures, socioeconomic classes. Uh, some of us have thicker bubbles. Uh, perhaps some of us who listen to a lot of NPR. Um, <laughs> perhaps it? our bubbles are so thick that we got a notification saying that your uh, your annual membership application was already in the mail. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I, I can take another guilt trip from NPR. Um, it's do, fine. do you want I, us to take this quiz too? Oh my God. They actually <laughs> say in Pledge Week, they're, they're in their most passive aggressive way possible. They're like, well, you know, if you... Um, you know, if you listen without without paying, it's it's actually stealing in a way. Would you download a listen? <laughs> would, would I you, listen to things you? that are free on the radio on my way to work? Yes, NPR. Yes, I would. <laughs> would you download a car? Um, yes. Number, number two. Give me a big enough uh, 3D printer. 3D, 3D printer, printers. Yeah, we absolutely. Can already... <laughs> I will download the the plans for that Austin Martin. Dude, this is how you know that we really are living in the future is that the PSAs of our youth that are like, would you download a car? Would you download a basketball? And it's like, yeah, bitch, we have 3D printers for those exact reasons. <laughs> um, but so that was that was thoughts kind of one and parts A through Z. But uh, thought number two was about Sesame Street squashing the proletariat, which is that it's actually kind of fucked up they're on, that they're on HBO, HBO now, now yeah. and that the rich kids who can afford HBO now get the shows like six months in advance. Wait, what? They're, losing, they're learning. They're, this is the real Wait, what? Wait, what is night. this? I, I've not heard of this. Oh, my God. Oh God this yeah. happened like a couple of years ago. But basically... In a, Are they privatizing Sesame Street? Yeah. In a way, in a Holy way. Holy fuck. So, Donald Trump bought Sesame Street. Uh, they've it wasn't, finally it putting wasn't Trump, Trump It 2.0. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Well, it's maybe be... he'll finally learn how to read if they start <laughs> telling him how. But... These letters, 26 of them. I'm not paying for that many letters, okay? <laughs> I'm paying for 23 maximum. It's called The Art of the Deal. Some nerds have a podcast right. brought to you by <laughs> the proletariat. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so a couple of years ago, in kind of a last ditch effort to save Sesame Street, um, HBO swept in and they bought it. And so the deal is is that they bought it and they buy it, they fund it, and they get to air the HBO episode something like six months prior to when they get aired on PBS. So if you're like a rich kid, then you get to learn your shapes and yeah. colors a full six months ahead of the proletariat. That, that means that means that by the time the uh, the, the proletariat get their episode on the new fall colors, you know, <laughs> it's already out of style. It's already springtime. Yeah. Are, are, are there like they live style subliminal messages now in, in <laughs> Sesame Street? <laughs> Consume. Dude, Sesame Street, though, like the the writing there is the shit. Like uh, hands down, the right it's it's funny, it's topical, it's interesting. Like I, they did I, a Twin Peaks parody once. They did. That was they did. Cool. It was called Twin Beaks. I mean, everybody did a YouTube. Twin Peaks parody at some point. That's true. Uh, Back when it was at its they height. did one about Mad Men. Uh, that was that was pretty great. Anyway, Game of, Game of Thrones. They did a Game of Thrones parody. Well, I, Detective. It's it's been a while since well, I've watched Sesame is Street. A flat circle. <laughs> you're not watching the street, man. You are missing out. You're missing out. Okay. Uh, so so at least watch Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> 
So how that for your nerd media? <laughs> no, we seriously like we, Elise and I. We've 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 been like this is basically day ten of just straight doing, busyness, yeah. and we're just doing adult style things. Socks? The, the NPR socks? Oh, yeah, the NPR, yeah. the NPR socks. Yeah, so, like, one of the pledge gifts that you could get uh, this last week was a set of of wool sustainably made in North Carolina NPR socks, which I shit you not, one of our local uh, radio personalities actually described these socks as sexy yeah. on air. <laughs> Which I didn't know you could even say that word on NPR, but apparently you can, but only in reference to socks. <laughs> this it, and this was not the most NPR thing that I heard this week because there was also there was also we were on the way to so we were we were in the wedding as Elise, we were in a wedding as Elise said, and um, we were on the way to the rehearsal dinner. And in the car on NPR, they were talking about the Cassini space probe mm-hmm. uh, crashing into Saturn. And intentionally, don't intentionally, worry about it, intentionally. Not well. There wasn't we went a, out for Cassini, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that space probe gave us a lot of cool pictures. A lot, a lot of pictures that will be hung on dorm room walls for many years to come. Um, no, but it, they they kind of finished off that story with a, an opera singer singing a song about the Cassini space probe, which is perhaps the most NPR thing to have ever happened. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. What the fuck yeah. is? Okay, I, I'm not missing much. No, <laughs> you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Only some of us can be this bougie. Yeah, Chapo uh, Trap House is where I get my news of the world. Uh, yeah, unofficial endorsement endorsing <laughs> Chapo Trap Chapo House. Trap House. Uh, <laughs> Chapo, we're we're not as uh we're not as hardcore as you, but you know you're you're, you're radicalizing some normies out in the world. We're, we're trying. Well, you speak scratch for yourself. Our, well, okay. We scratch your back. You scratch ours. We pitch your podcast. You. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretend like, we exist. They, they have like the what the most like the fifth most. It's uh, like the fastest growing. Yeah, they've got like the fifth most successful um, news podcast well not news podcast but um uh patreon oh yeah so so compl- they their their podcast is bigger than the national podcast for the nation of canada i think they're doing okay <laughs> um I, I was gonna just say like what i thought was really funny so i listen to trap out house when i'm like in the car with nick and mm. uh, but it was really funny because they were like complaining about another podcast by vox called In the Weeds, which is where they go in the weeds and in-depth about a particular, like, political subject. And guess who's now listening to that podcast? Your father? No, me. Oh. No, me. So, like, so, I'm, I'm totally listening to In the so, Weeds now. Sorry. You know, we just explained what In the Weeds is by way of Chapo, but we didn't actually explain what Chapo is for those people <laughs> that might be wondering why we're listening to a drug podcast. So maybe because you drugs are cool, kids. Drugs are cool. <laughs> The FBI lied to you yeah. in the 80s. It's really cool. Don't worry Go out it. in the desert, do some peyote, get Take adducted. Take a friend. Yes. Take a friend. Talk to that coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Sit get on a, that pole. Get adducted. Oh, no. I was going to talk to you about, I, I was talking to Elise about this earlier. God, we all have ADHD. Uh, it's fine. Let's explain what Chapo Explain what Chapo is, and then I'll get back to what I was thinking. All right, so chop. There are so many better podcasts out there <laughs> than ours. Have to listen to us. Than ours, yeah. yeah. Than ours, yeah. <laughs> I thought so, you were saying than Chapo. No, Chapo's great. <laughs> so, so Chap Chapo or Tra- Chapo Trap House is essentially a, a, an irreverent leftist news and media podcast. 
that goes on that basically it started during the last election and it was talking about everything you know that was going on and everything that's just fucking insane from a, 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 I would argue a left of Bernie Sanders. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. They they yeah. definitely have yeah. talked about like the problems with Bernie Sanders. Absolutely, too. yeah. And so it's and then it just keeps going after the election, and it is very irreverent. Uh, it is amazing. Um, you've you've listened to more of it than I have. Yeah. yeah. What what would you let's describe? I, it? I the the reason why I got into it, I saw I think it was an AV Club article basically describing them as the mystery science theater of politics, and I don't know if that's entirely accurate, uh, like that, but it certainly is. Like their their reading series is is absolutely hilarious, uh, particularly the one about uh, the young college conservatives oh. on a boat oh, yeah. with. Uh, <laughs> What was it, William Buckley? William, William Buckley. <laughs> Anything can happen at sea, boys. In international waters. Um, that one is really good. And also, I don't think you've gotten to this one yet, Alex. But no. the, the one that they do with, um, with uh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Um, but it's another conservative writer. He apparently wrote a book called True Allegiance, which is a novel. Like a, it's like an action thriller. <laughs> okay. That one is fucking great because that book is nothing but like like sexual pathologies, like all up and down. Every single male character that's like a hero, like a heroic type, is described as a bear. <laughs> So without any sense of irony whatsoever, the very first lines of the sentence is of the of the novel is like the main character was a bear of a man. So, so no no otters so far, but lots of bears. So this is that's that's Chapo Trap Chapo House. Trap House is, if is, if you like irreverent leftist commentary on political events, check it out. And they're actually like really insightful, and they do talk a lot of like really good stuff. Like the one the episode that I was currently listening to was. Uh, an interview with someone fighting for a, a socialist army in Syria. So that's mm -hmm. actually that's really interesting. Piss pig granddad. Piss pig granddad. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So anything else for your week? I know we've kind of been we we kind of yeah. flipping around a lot. Um. No. No. Uh, I think I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, too much actual life to do things fun this week. Other yeah. than we, yeah. other than obviously we finished Twin Peaks. We went to a wedding. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got, I think I've got a few things to talk about. So, uh, first of all, I, yeah, I was talking about like, yeah, going out into the, uh, doing, doing peyote and getting abducted by aliens. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for whatever reason, every once in a while, uh, you do peyote and I get do abducted peyote by aliens. and just get abducted by aliens. No, there's a, um, there's a comics artist, uh, or not, not artist, but writer, uh, Grant Morrison, who's probably one of my favorite writers, but he's absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> And whenever I think about, like, people just doing a, a whole lot of drugs, he's the first person who comes to mind. Because, like, there's this great interview that he that he did at, like, Comic-Con or something one year where he's up in front of all these microphones and stuff. And he's like, you know, he, he's Scottish, so he's saying this all in a very thick Scottish accent. Where he's like, well, he's talking about his, his series The Invisibles and how he got uh, inspired to write it when he got abducted by aliens in 1996 after doing a bunch of peyote because he went out in the desert and did a bunch of peyote so that he could get abducted by aliens in 1996. And he didn't bring a friend with him 
So let that be a lesson he, to you. He wrote one of the most successful and groundbreaking comics of all time. Yes. And he probably got ass probed, okay? <laughs> no, no, because he talks about like how they showed uh, they showed him the truth of reality and that we're not just these uh, physical bodies, but we're fourth dimensional beings that exist through in, all space and time. In the time and, between the space between yeah. spaces. Mm-hmm. In the plot of in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Uh, no, <laughs> in the plot of the Invisibles, where oh, okay. basically the the current incarnation of the Buddha is a foul mouth kid from Liverpool who basically starts off the first issue by running into the ghost of uh of uh, uh of John Lennon um so that's the invisibles it's it's fucking great nice. um if you've never read it like that's definitely a thing to check out I, it's something that i've been thinking a lot about recently so it's got like that's one of the main characters another main character is uh very clearly based off of Grant Morrison himself uh there's also a former NYPD officer uh who's in there there's some kind of swinging 60s secret agents and a uh a transgender uh south american uh shaman priestess uh named lord fanny and she's amazing she has some of the best lines ever uh which i think probably wouldn't made me think of it earlier this week as the i i some Facebook page shared a panel from it, which was, uh, reality can suck my dick, darling. It's the best. Anyway, <laughs> if you're interested in like weird psychedelic stuff, if you like the new Twin Peaks, you would actually really like the Invisibles quite a lot. And if you didn't like the new Twin Peaks, would you still like the Invisibles a lot? Not possibly. If you like the old Twin Peaks, you might like the Invisibles. Okay. If you like, the, if you like psychedelic stuff, if you like, um, if you like kind of conspiracy sort of things and like. Rebellion. If you only listen to the long version of Inagata Davida. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. More punk rock than Inagata oh, okay. Davida. But yeah, it's it's good. Um, all of all of Grant Morrison is good. But that's probably some of his best. Uh, so last week I was going to talk about Dark Souls and why I really love Dark Souls. Oh, but before I get to that, I kind of I, I want to talk a little bit about my week. I did play some video games. I, I did find some times for that. Um, I played a little bit of... Um, I think it's called the Lakeview Cabin Collection. Do tell, because I think I may have known what you, you're talking about. No, I, maybe not. D- it was on explain. the shitstorm last year. Okay, explain. Okay, it. so it's um, it's a 2D indie side scroller kind of 8-bit style, um, done in the fashion of like old 80s slasher movies. Uh, so you play. It's kind of weird. Like you start off playing as a character out in this alley Mm -hmm. and you go into a movie theater and they're doing a film festival of all of these movies and it's like not even starting with the first one it's like three four five and six or something like that (laughs) and so you can go into each of the theaters and then each theater is a level in the game Um, and basically the premise is you play as four camp counselors in this camp uh, and you're like uh, you set up these traps, you find items, you collect things, and you've got like three or four in-game days, and things keep showing up as you're doing this, um, like just kind of like like scares. Like um, suddenly you'll find like you'll walk into a room and there'll be a pile of skulls there, or like there'll be a bat nailed to the outside of one of the cabins, or something like that will go on, and then finally, eventually, the killer will show up. And at that point, it becomes, okay, 
can you kill the killer before he kills all the counselors? So you spend the yeah, first... fuck the kids. It's just the counselors. Well, the kids aren't there yet. Oh. It, it, the premise is they're setting up. It, it's it's a Friday the 13th movie. The kids aren't there yet. The counselors are there early, kind of setting the camp up before the kids arrive for summer. Um, and so, like, you find tools. You can find, like, guns in locked rooms. So you have to know how to be able to get to these items and like keep them and put them someplace. Cause you know, the, the killer can pick this stuff up too. So if you leave a really good weapon lying around, the killer is going to pick it up and chase after you. So you have to hit him before he hits you. And he's got like a lot more health than you. I haven't, I haven't beaten any of the levels yet. It's really hard. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to play very much of it, but like I played a little bit of it and it was, it's a lot of fun. It was really, uh, it was a really good game. It sounds like fun. Uh, it wasn't what I was thinking of. I was, oh, thinking, what of were thinking, of? I was thinking of, uh, the Rusty Lake collection, which is Rusty a, Lake. Okay, uh, I think it's the Rusty Lake collection, but it's Rusty Lake something. But basically, it's a it's a series of um, either online flash or uh, mobile games mm -hmm. that are basically escape the room games. Okay, and what, I mean one of them, going back to Twin Peaks, one of them is actually heavily inspired from the mm -hmm. idea of the the uh, the Red Room. I like or, that. Um, but largely, it's it's kind of what happens when you take those old. Because, like, that's what I played when I was a kid. I played Flash games. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm a dork. But I played Flash games and Escape the Room games. And some of my favorite ones were from uh, the Submachine series, mm. uh, which, I don't know, have you heard of that one? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. All right. Well, this one is kind of in that vein of it's it's an adventure. But in this case, it's it's much more kind of a point-and-click uh you know, adventure, especially one of them where you're trying to, you're basically the detective trying to solve this murder. Um, and I'll, I'll show it to you, you know, later if, if you're interested. And, okay. and we could talk more about it later if you do, you know, end up playing some of it. But they're free to play. Yeah. Uh, mobile games. And since you guys have smartphones, yeah. you can do that. Because it's 2017. Yeah. Well, not all of us are rolling in dough. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are rolling in dough, Alex. It's 2017. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, you know me. I'm the one no, that, that tapes. I no, I, 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 I get my, it. I my get stereo it. in my car is is too. We used to do the same job, <laughs> taped man. To I the get dashboard. it. I get it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that that's that sounds fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's camp. really good. I picked it up in the. And what is it called again? Uh, it's called um, Lakeview Cabin Collection. Lakeview I, Cabin. I, I picked it up. There was a uh, a humble bundle a while ago, mm. like. Uh, like horror games that had that and uh, Layers of Fear, which I've been wanting to play for a while. I haven't ah, played yet. Layers of Fear. Uh, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've been reading a bit. I've actually, because going back to Chapo Trap House, I've been getting like kind of more interested in like reading history and politics. Oh, what have you been reading? So I've been reading um, a book that's been on my to-read collection since I first heard of it when I was, at, I think, in high school. Uh, Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. So mm -hmm. a kind of a classic of leftist literature, I suppose, at this point. Have you read it, Alex? I have not read it, no. Are you, are you familiar with it? I am familiar with okay. it, yeah. So I've, I've started that. I picked that up. I, I have, I've had it on my Kindle for a long time. I just haven't had a chance to read it. So it's, it's interesting. Like, the first, the first chapter is all about, like, it, it basically uses the story of um, – of Columbus to kind of establish the thesis for the rest of the book, which is basically 
story like a history of of the americas have been written from the perspective of the conquerors for a long time Mm -hmm. and so like the first chapter is basically just like hey christopher columbus was a huge piece of shit who did all these really terrible things and it's like okay that's something that like you know i think in 2017 this is something that's like generally kind of accepted by most people but oh my god God, like it, like it's one of these things where it doesn't like, hold back. You have no idea just exactly how much of a piece of shit this guy. How was. how many hands? Uh, lots of them. <laughs> lots like, of them. lots of hands getting chopped off. Yeah, that was one of the things that, that mm-hmm. they were talking about. Is like, you know, the 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 natives on Hispaniola the were basically in Arawak. Yeah, the Arawaks. Thank the, you. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't remember the tribe name for a second. Were were um were enslaved and basically. Uh, had to like had a quota of gold to fill every three months and if they got it they got a brass token to like wear around their neck to show like hey we did our part for our european conquerors and if they didn't they had their hand cut off like it's just like a formula so successful it was repeated by the belgian king in the congo during the 1800s it's it is pretty crazy so i've been reading that and i've also been reading a little bit of a lighter fare um of a of a a science fiction novel that's also been on my to-read list for a long time. Uh, it's called Stars in My Pocket Like Grains of Sand. Uh, it's a sci-fi novel from the 80s that kind of uh, presaged the invention of the internet in a lot of ways. It's basically about, like, you know, a world where, like, like information is everywhere. Who gets to control that information and how, essentially? Mm. Um, and the main character is a slave uh, who is voluntarily enslaved. Like, basically, he goes through something called um, radical anxiety termination. And so people who, like, they go through, basically, if you don't have any process, you don't have any prospects in the world, you go through radical anxiety termination therapy it's essentially like an instantaneous surgery free lobotomy. They just like switch some things around in your brain and you can still like learn stuff and do stuff, but you have no drives. You're just kind of like told to do things. And, and you, you sell your labor for capital. Uh, or you just give your labor. You, for capital? Yeah. Yeah. You're basically then from that point on you, you are owned by them and they just kind of give you to whoever needs the labor. Okay. But on the flip side, you don't have anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> some days. No. And it's, it, I, can, I can see it. It was kind understand. of an interesting thing because, yeah. like, the first part of the book is basically just telling this guy's story, like, up until the point where his world gets annihilated. Um, and that's, like, the first, like, fifth of the book. Oh, okay. Um, and then it kind of switches perspectives. I'm not quite sure where the, the next part is going, but it sounds like it's, like, correspondence about, like, what happens when this guy is found. Um... And so there's a part in it where, like, someone buys him illegally and basically takes him for her own purposes. And she gives him this tool that essentially connects his brain directly to the Internet, more or less, is what it sounds like. And so, like... I am interfaced. I am interfaced, yeah. And so because he's gone through this, like, an average person, like, would have their brain completely fried. But since he basically is tabula rasa, like he can just pick up books like like digital copies of books and essentially have all of their information downloaded directly to his brain in like a third of a second <laughs> and so he gets like an entire history of his world 
in a period of about three minutes, mm. just like getting addicted to it and like picking up and wanting to know more. Cause even before this happened, he was, he, he was uneducated. He didn't have any prospects. Um, and it's, it's very strange. Like it's very, it's almost like I saw one review looking at, like when I was looking into it, I saw one review that kind of described it as, like sort of the Ulysses of science fiction. Okay. <laughs> because it's very much like, you know, this isn't Dune. All right. There's no glossary in the back to explain what the hell these things are. <laughs> you just kind of have to roll with it. So in some ways you are kind of in the same position as the main character for the beginning where it's like, he doesn't quite understand what's going on. It's like, this guy is saying this thing. Well, he doesn't have any like, like connection with what exactly this is. So you as the reader, are able to kind of like piece things together, but like it's very like stream of consciousness. And it's like, and then he spent seven years working in this mine. <laughs> <laughs> and like the days passed, and then this person came in and said this thing, and he didn't see him for many more years. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds about right. It's, it's very, very interesting, which is another thing that kind of was getting me interested in reading more like more political history because it is it is kind of a political book like but the politics in it are politics future politics like, future politics like they talk about an upcoming election in the first part it's like oh yeah the yellows are going to be doing this but the grays are doing this and it's like who are these factions <laughs> what do they stand for i think the yellows are more interested in like allowing more people more access to information is what it's implied but it's like it's it's unclear Wow. Um, so that's really good. Again, it's, it's uh, stars in my pocket like grains of sand. Um, Pretty I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm reading the, the the Kindle version, but it's available in paperback and stuff too. It's been published since like the mid '80s, and cool. no one ever talks about it. But it, like, it's one of those things where it's like, here's one of those science fiction books that no one talks about that you should read if you like science fiction. Well, so. I I do like science fiction. It sounds really interesting. Have you been reading anything, Elise? Like um, like in. You know. Because like I, I always have a book with me at my lunch break. Yeah. And so I'm always reading something. Wow. But wow, you get a lunch break? News. I get a lunch break, yeah. That sounds that sounds great. That sounds great. Uh, I no, listen to podcasts I, on mine. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't get one. I don't... Um, you should listen to this podcast on your lunch break. Like I, don't, I think this goes over your lunch break at this point. You know? No, it has. We've, we've definitely gone for over an hour, but I feel like we've got a little we've bit more We've got a little bit more to talk, talk about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably... Um, like, like, yeah. I mean, I've been reading, you know... No, I... Uh, I don't know um god i'm kind of I, terrible but yeah like i i, I just i don't fine. have a lot of time yeah that's fine a lot that's of the fine. things that i end up reading have to do with work and that's and fine. that kind of gets me bogged down um i uh well if you don't yeah. have any i can talk about what i was reading yeah you know, i could just say it in a couple sentences yeah um i finished reading the enuma elish which okay. is the uh, Mesopotamian creation myth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. New York Times bestseller. <laughs> the uh, uh, Babylon Times bestseller. Babylon Times. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, it's interesting because it's – a lot of it is still missing. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of blank pages where it's like lines 42 through 81 are wanting. And it's like, okay, well, I have no idea what's going on here, but I can kind of follow what's happening. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know, like like all mythology, it, it kind of details the not doesn't detail the creation. Well, it does in the end. Like the very end is the creation, but a lot <laughs> the of end it, is the beginning <laughs> is the end. <laughs> but a lot of it is about how uh, Tiamat, who is um, the the god of chromatic dragons. No, it's not a. Dra- I don't know I where know. everybody gets this. Like it's from Dungeons and Dragons. I know it's in Dungeons and Dragons, but where did where did Gary Gygax pull that dragon I out? Because because she's this, like the, the goddess same, of chaos. This this well yeah well but chromatic dragons are chaotic. Yeah, but this she's described as Some being like like you know a like a person just yeah. like huge, and with you know but. Um, but it's like she's trying to sleep, and all these, all her children are trying to create order, and it's yeah. waking up from her nap. <laughs> and so she's going to go kill them. Damn kids, trying to create order out of chaos. <laughs> we, we've all been there. Yeah. We've, we've all been there. So, uh, so, so Usually it's the opposite, though. That's, no, that's no, what's no. funny about this. Yeah. That, that, that's the joke. That's the joke. Um, that's the Babylonian that's joke. That's the Babylonian joke. Uh, but no, I, I read that, and then I recently ordered 10 Days That Shook the World. Uh, oh yeah, I have that book. I've uh, never read it. Yeah, it, it's going to be topical soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh. If you're unfamiliar with Ten Days to Shook the World, it's the accounts by uh, American journalist Jack Reed of the uh, of the November uh, Revolution. Yeah. In uh, 1917, 100 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Almost 100 years ago to the very day. I yeah. think we're about due for another one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's hope it works out better than that one did, though, <laughs> for a number of reasons. Uh, oh, so something uh, I'd like to talk about this week in disabilities in the media. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so I ended up doing some digging about Atypical and kind of what I was able to find out or what I, what I was able to glean um, was that the creator apparently worked with UCLA. Um Oh, sorry. So, so apparently the creator worked with UCLA, but didn't really. There's no real evidence that anyone else who was a part of the show worked with the UCLA Center for Autism um, or Excellence Excellence in Autism, um, which is kind of, and I don't know. So it just seems like there was a lot of minimal research done on atypical so which kind of confirms a lot of things that i had previously thought about it gotcha um upcoming which hasn't actually gotten out yet i was hoping it would get out before this podcast upcoming um upcoming sorry what what is upcoming as in Um, coming up as in oh future in future things oh i thought you were talking about another show called upcoming in the future (laughs) where will we all be living the rest of our lives Uh, oh god so the there's a show coming up called the good doctor um, which is going to be on ABC. Still it's still not out. It's still like it's coming. It's coming any day this now, show guys. That about this guy, he's on his way. He's on his way. He's pretty good. Um, it is Freddie Highmore, so I have some high hopes, but um, uh, for it because oh. I think he's he's actually a really good actor. Um, I think he's trying to make that transition from being a child actor to being somebody taken more seriously. But man, uh, Freddie Highmore, he yeah. was in, um, he was, oh, he was in that thing, that thing by oh that my guy. God, stop making fun of me guys. Uh, Freddie, Freddie Highmore was in, um, that Orson Scott card. Ender's game. Ender's game. He was Ender in Ender's game. Oh, um, I never saw it. He was in a couple of other things. They're just not coming to me at this time. Um, but yeah, so Freddie Highmore plays the lead role in it. So I'm pretty excited about that in that regard. But everything else about it, it just seems like a lot of really red flags of like, 
he's got autism and savantism, which actually the fact that they make a distinction between autism and savantism kind of gives it a few points. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do I need to explain the difference between autism and uh, savantism? Sure. Okay. So in a nutshell, um, autism ha- has to do with, it's, uh, autism is a disorder characterized by communication um, and how you kind of communicate with the world. And some people would argue that's not really a disorder. It's just sort of a different way of being. Um, savantism is when you have a very, very deep knowledge about a very specific range of topic or topics. So some savants have a very deep, specific knowledge about like 19th century piano sonatas and they can play 19th century piano sonatas and they can they know everything they know all the composers um there they were all chopin Mm -hmm. yeah every single one of them was chopin um there are some savants out there there was a savant about like elvis presley and she knows every single thing about elvis presley and it's just it's something more than obsession it is something that like really clicks in your brain and it just gives you more Gives you more pleasure to learn more about this particular obscure topic. Um, and so you end up being very much an expert, but in something, I don't, I don't know. So I guess they're kind of arguing that his savantism is, he's a he's a surgical savant. With eh, autism. With, with autism. autism. So autism. Eh, we'll see. Yeah, a particular obsessive uh, connection to one particular thing. I don't think anyone in this room knows what that's like. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you don't have a. Never mind. So my, I haven't it, talked it, about Dark different. Souls yet. I haven't talked about Dark oh, Souls yet. Jesus! <laughs> we have that to. Was my oh transition. my god! That was my transition. You're not a Dark Souls savant. No, Nicholas. I'm not. I'm this not. is not a Dark Souls savant. So, so welcome to Dark Souls. Welcome. Oh my god. Welcome. Yeah, welcome oh, to Soulscast. Oh, <laughs> Prepare I'm, to die. I'm, I'm. I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. Um, so, okay, so I really do want to talk about this. I know we've gone kind of over time. Oh, there's uh, no over time. Like, the true. first one was an hour. The first and one. And that's was. fine if we go over an hour. It's just, you know, th- we're going freeform. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, what? Cut him off. No, what? don't cut me off. <laughs> we still have to get to the webcomic of the week. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Are we doing that this week? Or uh, I, I have webcomics. I we have really webcomics. need to learn yeah. how to edit. Yeah. Because this is, this is crazy. No, this is all fine. This, this is, is all, all gold. This is all gold. Yeah. Um, leaving everything in. Leaving everything in. It's fine. It's a conversation we'll, with you. We'll do it live. What? With you, the listening audience. Mm-hmm. Which, if you'd like to get involved in this conversation, again... You can comment on Facebook or on on SoundCloud. You can comment on our Facebook, you can comment on SoundCloud, or you can email us at somenerdsaveanemail at gmail.com. Alex, what's that email again? Uh, somenerdsaveanemail at gmail.com. Although, I will admit, I'm more likely to check the Facebook or the SoundCloud than I am that. I'm, I'm checking the email fairly regularly, so if you would like... To have your email possibly read on the air, if it's interesting and or funny enough, um, we will. Or we will, if we're desperate. Or if we're desperate <laughs> for content, which clearly we're not because we're going over time. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, yeah. You, you have one minute. You have one minute no. to talk about Dark Ta- Souls. Time is That's not enough time. I, I'm, I'm timing it. Never. I'm timing nope, it. nope, nope. Okay, that, so yeah. the more the more we talk about this, the less time we talk about Dark Souls. Okay, Let's talk about okay, Dark Souls. All right, and go. All right. So the reason why I really love Dark Souls, I have to I have to kind of start by talking about just video games in general. I'm not I'm not adhering to this arbitrary. Back timeline. when Pong. Was Back first. when Pong was first invented. <laughs> no, um, no, but I'm going to talk about so so ego ego raptor. Aaron Hansen has this thing about video games called theming and he talks about how this is a very important thing in video games where like you kind of 
identify with the main character through the gameplay. And the example that he gives for theming is um, is Mega Man X, where like at the beginning of the game, you get your ass kicked by the main villain, and like then uh, Go, Zero yeah. Zero comes in and like kicks Sigma's ass, no problem, and like saves you, and you're like. Wow, I want to be more like that guy. And so you yeah, go, go go watch Sequelitis. Yeah, go watch Sequelitis. Yeah. But like essentially that's what he's arguing is that like games to be really successful uh have this idea of theming where they like build this thing in where you want a thing and so you kind of go towards it. And most video games have that thing be something very simple. Like Mega Man X is you need to be powerful enough to beat Sigma. You want to be the very best. How, you, like no you, one ever was. You want to be. You want to be more like Zero. How do you get to be more like Zero? Well, you find these secret armor things that are scattered throughout the game, and hey, guess what? They make you look more like Zero. So each one that you get, you are physically looking more like the guy that you're trying to be. Like it's a really good way to establish that. Most games have that very simple. Hey, your goal is to get more powerful and beat the bad guy. Um. The games that really have kind of impacted my life add a little bit something more to it. So one of my very favorite game series is the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, which kind of deals with this in kind of a different way, where the premise is basically, like especially for the first game, your goal is to prevent nuclear annihilation. Uh, the first of the solid The first series. of the solid series, yeah. that's true. Uh, your goal is to prevent nuclear annihilation. And the fact that the game is all about not fighting. Uh, the game is all about not fighting, and the gameplay is also all about not fighting. So that kind of puts you in this mindset that, hey, if you fight in Metal Gear Solid, if you get into a gunfight, chances are really high that your character will not make it out of there alive. At least in the beginning of it, the game. Well, I mean, even by later on in the game, really. Unless it's like a scripted, hey, you can't get out of this without the gunfight. In which case, yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta beat the bosses. You gotta do that. But it, I'm talking about like just... But like just generic, you want to try to avoid if confrontation you run into, if you can. If you get spotted by a guard and mm -hmm. you get into a gunfight, more guards are gonna come. And eventually you're gonna run out of ammo and healing items. Yeah, watch, again, watch... Um, Sequelitis. The, no. no, not Sequelitis. Uh, well, watch the... Um, uh, George, George, what's his face? The I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, I'll keep talking. I'll look it up. All right. So, okay. So getting to my point on Dark Souls and the reason why Dark Souls is great. Uh, Dark Souls does this in such a brilliant way. Like the theming of Dark Souls is built into every single thing. Because on the, if you look at just the, the basic plot for the series, okay, it's the simple kind of hero's journey. Uh, they tell you right at the beginning of the first game, the uh, the gods made fire, and they used fire to create the world and defeat the dragons and create disparity, light and dark. Uh, and so when you did... And now the fire is starting to fade, and there's this legend that a chosen undead will someday come and relight the fire and keep everything going, just the way it is. So it's a very standard hero's journey. You are the chosen one, and you are the only one that can do this. And your goal is the status quo. And your goal is the status quo. Your, your goal is to essentially save the world. Mm -hmm. As the game goes on, like, you run into other characters. And the first 
NPC, really, that you run into, at least outside of the Undead Asylum, which is kind of the starting area, is known as the Crestfallen Warrior. You never actually learn his real name. And the Crestfallen Warrior, you talk to him, and he's like, oh, are you here to complete the mission? Like, are you here to fulfill the prophecy? Well, I've got news for you. No one can do it. It's impossible. And so you go through the game, and guess what? It's fucking hard. I mean, that's the kind of the thing about Dark Souls. Is it's really difficult. If you didn't know about Dark Souls by now, it's yeah, kind of it, kind of on the difficult it side. It has gone through a, an entire trilogy. We're probably not getting any more games in the series, um, except for maybe Bloodborne, which is kind of related, but not really. In any event, um, so you're going through, and you run into this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, you can't actually do it. And so you constantly are getting your ass kicked um, and you want to prove to that guy that you, you can do it well no it's not it's not so much that it's it's more interesting than that okay because as you play the game you realize that the theme isn't becoming stronger per se because per becoming stronger is the way that you actually defeat that you actually beat the game but if you beat the game if you spend enough time doing it you find out that that whole thing is basically a lie. That the Age of Fire is the age of the gods, so-called gods, supremacy over mankind. And that mankind is born of the dark. And so, well, if you want your people to thrive, you should choose the dark. But really, if you play through all of the games, what you find out is like... If, especially if you play through the um, the expansion pack for the first game, you find out that the dark is kind of shitty too. Like there is no good ending to Dark Souls, which is where you get into this concept of hollowing. The villains that you fight, the monsters that you fight in this game are all hollow. All the characters are undead. They're unable to be killed. You die and you come back to life. And so the idea is that the only thing that actually stops you in your quest is you kind of lose your sense of who you are. You lose your soul, I suppose is the best way of putting it. And you become hollow. Well, how does this happen? Is it a matter of simply just dying over and over and over again? Or losing hope. Or, or whatever. Or there's actually so many things. Because every, just about every character that you encounter in the game, if you do certain things with them, will at some point become hollow. So the crestfallen warrior becomes hollow because you have, you've shown to him that no, actually the things that you set off to do and you think are impossible, I have done them. Like once you have completed a certain number of objectives in the game, he just becomes hollow and you find him in a different section and he attacks you. There are other characters that are motivated by more noble aspects, like the quest for knowledge. Oh, there, you find this guy named Big Hat Logan. He's constantly, you're constantly having to rescue him, but every time you rescue him, he's in really good spirits. He's like, oh, well, you know, I'm immortal. I can do whatever. I can stay here for as long as it takes to get out. Um, I'm really just here to learn what there is to know. If you complete his storyline and you learn, and he learns, Everything that there is to know, the further you go along, he becomes more and more unhinged. And you kind of want him to learn everything there is to know because he's the person, if you're playing a spellcaster, he gives you all the high-level spells. And so if if you like you get him to his goal and he finds all those spells and he teaches you all those spells, his purpose is gone. 
So the the purpose of the game and the, what makes this brilliant is that the hollowing aspect actually kind of becomes a part of playing the game. That you, the player character, like the player, not just your character, but you, the player, are the one that eventually becomes hollow. Do you become hollow because you couldn't actually beat the asylum demon and get out of the starting area? Do you become hollow when the kite drake kills you for the first time? Do you become hollow when you first finish the game? Because when the game ends, as soon as the... Uh, as soon as the credits finish, you start back off at the beginning. Like, there's not even an option of, would you like to start a new game plus? It's just, credits are over, hey, you're back at the beginning. So then it becomes, when do you give up on your quest? What like, is it the moment for you when you are done? When your fiancé says you're done? When your fiancé says you're done. <laughs> when you want to give up. But that's, but that's what makes it so interesting for me, is because it, it becomes now a matter of, are you the person that gives up when things get difficult? Are you the type of person who, hey, I just want to max out this one skill, and when I do that, I finish the game? Are you the kind of person who it's like, oh, I'm going to give this one ending? But it's like, the endings don't matter. None of this matters. It's like, it's almost... You create your own goals. Sort of. And then, like, once you've reached it, it's like your character then kind of your fades away. Is for, is your purpose You lose your purpose. Yeah. And so, then for, therefore, your character just becomes another hollow in the essence of you no longer have a driving force. You know what would be really cool? What would be really cool? If you could bring your saves from, like, Dark Souls 1 into future games and have those characters be hollows in the later games. That would be super interesting. I was going to say, because, I mean, if you've, if you've beaten the game, it doesn't quite make sense because the depending on the ending you take, either, spoiler alerts again for a six-year-old game, um, if you, when you finish the game you get one of two options you can either link the fire which is basically you sacrifice yourself to keep the age of fire going for a little bit longer which is why they're like oh we need a chosen one they've basically the the the, the prophecy is all a lie to give undeads hope that they can save the world when really all that they're doing from doing all of this is they are sacrificing themselves to keep the power of the gods going for just a little bit longer. You're becoming strong enough that you can actually get to the final bonfire and keep it going. Um, or you can realize that the gods are lying to you, which there's a character that will tell you if you go through the game in a very specific way. He's like, hey, these guys are lying. They're trying to keep mankind from reaching its true potential. You should just let the fire die and let the dark take over. And if you do that, then you just become the dark lord of a new era where fire is gone, in which case the other two games don't really happen in that same continuity. <laughs> Um, you, you can't go around convincing other people of that person's quest to go and then take down the gods uh, and create an egalitarian there, republic of the dark. I think there is another. <laughs> there is another. Uh, I haven't gone. I haven't gone through. No, there's only two endings. Believe me, I've looked. Um, <laughs> there, are, but I think there's something in Dark Souls Three that's essentially to that effect. I haven't played through those games to that to the same extent yet, so I don't know. But we'll we'll see. Um, so that's why Dark Souls is brilliant is because like the entire game becomes, are you getting better? Are you letting yourself kind of get worn down? What kind of person are you that, what drives you? It's almost like depression, the game, like, when do you finally just give into it? 
Um, and I actually, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is I've been thinking about it this last year and I've been going through a lot of kind of personal changes this last year. And I feel like a lot of it is, I do feel like playing this game has kind of, in a sense, made me a better person because there is so much of an adventure to it and so much of a sense of, no, you can actually get through this. Like you might, you might die a dozen times fighting the four Kings because goddamn, do the four Kings fucking suck. But like when you finally get through it, it, like, you know, you can get through it. You know, you can get through that wall and get on to the next thing. And that's what I find so interesting about it is it has kind of, it fills that role perfectly of getting you invested in not just the story, but the actual gameplay itself and making sure that you are playing the game um, in this specific way and kind of seeing it in this specific way. So that's Dark Souls, and that's why it's awesome. Cool beans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> to make a correction of what Corre- I was saying. Okay, earlier. correction from earlier. Um, the I was trying to reference a YouTuber called Super Bunny Hop that did oh, a yeah. good retrospective oh, on Metal Gear Solid. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. And okay. so that's what I was trying to reference. Hey, earlier. unsubscribe from Super Bunny Hop. What? No. <laughs> like I said, this is the place where uh, memes from better podcasts go to die. So, uh, so okay. Fun times. Fun times were had by all. Um, oh, uh, one last thing. Something that I was hearing about just today that I wanted to bring up. So, uh, I've seen this game for forever on like Steam sales. Uh, have you ever heard of Divinity Original Sin? I've heard of it, but I it's like it's like that. Like I've seen it come up. Yeah. I've seen people talk about it. It's like they say. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, all right. So I heard that the sequel came the out. The sequel just came out. And the sequel is actually what I wanted to talk about because I was hearing about this today. This game sounds fucking awesome. Okay. Because um, you were talking about how you don't play much PC RPGs. Yeah. This is... The way that I was hearing it described on the Best Runcast today was basically a, a, P, a, a tabletop RPG ported to the PC. Like, in terms of... Everything is unique based off of your your character's actions and what you do. And you can play it co-op. Okay. So you and your co-op partner can go off to different parts of the map and your co-op partner can do quests that will then be done by the time you meet up with them. <laughs> okay. Or you can get into combat. The people you're fighting might not notice your, your uh, character, your other character is there, your co-op character is there. They can then sneak into the combat and like start backstabbing people. <laughs> do you want to play this game I together? absolutely kind of want to play this game. Um, but the thing that like really interests me is because it takes, it has a very interesting sounding, um, sounding uh, kind of universe. Mm-hmm. So like you have for instance undead can be player characters like skeletons skeletons and if you're playing as a skeleton you cannot go into a town oh okay because you're a skeleton well i mean some and towns are more open than others kill you. some towns are more no, open than others no alex i don't care how how permissive the culture is <laughs> If a fucking skeleton man with a sword walks into town, you're probably not going to be okay with it. So the way that, that those characters have to work... Skeletons are workers, too. Skeleton, yeah. <laughs> skeletons of the world unite. Um, there's a skeleton in all of us. Yeah, there's a skeleton Just waiting to break free. <laughs> um, you can tell it's getting closer and closer to Halloween. It's getting closer to Halloween. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, incidentally, if there's any... I, I'm going to be probably uh, reviewing some uh, horror movies in the next few weeks, so if... 
any listeners out there have any horror movies they want me to watch to review on the podcast um i'm definitely looking at autopsy of jane doe i just picked that one up i haven't had a chance to watch it yet if you think of anything let us know yep. comment on soundcloud comment on facebook uh, email us at some nerds have an email at gmail.com um also so, elisa's still here just, elisa's just still checking here in, checking up she recipes just got tired of me talking facebook. about dark souls <laughs> okay and for people who think that I might be being a jerk right now, he talks about Dark Souls all it's the good. time. But I haven't okay. done it on the air yet. Well, except for that one time. And then yeah. that other time. Oh. But this oh. was the big so thing like, that I wanted to So, like, literally every time. Every time. Even in the forbidden episode. About, yeah. Even in the forbidden episode. The yeah. lost episode. Okay, so, like, I'm not being a jerk. I'm not being an unsupportive asshole fiancé, which I'm sure... All the nice guys on Reddit are going to email us and be like... I'm going to get some know. white knights uh, emailing yeah. me and uh, be yeah. like, hey, your fiancé should treat you better. Hey, you should uh, you should totally. be with a guy who's going to respect you. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. But, you know, I just... Uh, for the fucking record, he talks yeah. about it all the goddamn time. And I see, I have an excuse. I only come here, like, once every other week. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, so, um, so, so, Divinity, Original Sin. So, yeah. so, um, so, the way that the skeleton characters work is that if you're playing as a skeleton, which you can make your main player character a skeleton man, uh-huh. is you have to then, the humanoid monsters that you kill, the humanoid creatures that you kill, you can take their skin and yes. wear them into town. Yes! <laughs> I want to play this game and now. And apparently, <laughs> people can see through it. So what Pat was talking about on the Best Friend cast <laughs> is he was playing with his girlfriend. and his, I, Or I think he was. He was playing with someone, and they were playing as a skeleton, and the there was this kid that noticed that it was just a skeleton wearing something else's skin <laughs> and like ran away and freaked out and so pat's character went to go talk to him and there was this unique dialogue of <laughs> is she gone and then like basically you just like you have the option of being able to talk this kid down and saying like like no 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 or take I, his skin i know it's weird <laughs> but like i know that person and they're cool like when I say like when he was saying that this is a pen and paper game like on the computer, that's exactly what it is. The other <laughs> cool like racial feature that he mentioned specifically in the game is that elves can gain people's memories by eating parts of their body. <laughs> so they found a severed leg as an item in this game. Okay, and they eventually got an elf in their party. They fed the leg to the elf. <laughs> Which unlocked an entire new storyline from the memories of this person. What? So yeah, Divinity Original Sin Two. I am. I'm gonna wait for it to go on sale, so I probably won't. Probably won't get we'll it. Until it around we'll play it. We'll play it. or Christmas. Okay. This so year. so if you get it, I'll get it, and we'll join together. Yeah. And you want to get it too, at least. <laughs> I guess I have to at this I, point. I, yeah. Well, it, <laughs> It sounds. I'm, I'm being forced against my will. You're, no, you're not. I, I asked you a question. <laughs> we could live stream it. We could live, yeah. <laughs> join, join us on Twitch on a Twitch channel that doesn't exist yet. Email, uh, email us if you would like to see. Email us on Twitch if you want a pizza roll. <laughs> Comment on Patreon that doesn't exist. <laughs> oh. So, okay. So I think that's right. everything that I wanted to speak about this week. So probably next week coming up, uh, what are we thinking? Well, ne- or the, the next episode, two weeks from now. Uh, We'll find out when we get there. Okay. We're going to finish Twin Peaks. We're going to finish Some Twin Peaks. Alex, Alex will finish Twin Peaks. We are already finished with and Twin we're Peaks. And gonna, we're going to group watch uh, Firewalk, Firewalk with me. With I'm, me. I'm hoping we can start BoJack. Uh, the uh, next season of BoJack. Yeah, next season of BoJack. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be started. I really want to watch. I, I, I picked up two movies at the store the other day. I picked up... Um, 
uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I've been wanting to see for a while, and Colossal. Colossal! Um, I'm actually, I'm not a horror fan, but I'm really excited Well, it's not this. a horror movie, so if you haven't heard of Colossal, Colossal is basically, it's a daikaiju movie with Anne Hathaway, where Anne Hathaway is in this shitty part place in her life, and she's like going through all these these troubles, and then all of a sudden, the news starts talking about this giant monster destroying Seoul, South Korea. And apparently, like, she is connected with the monster in some way. So it's this, it, it is kind of a quirky indie comedy, like, Godzilla meets Juno kind of thing, <laughs> what and, it sounds like. And apparently they completely destroy the concept of Nice Guy, yeah. which makes me really excited to watch so, yeah, it. that I, I, I picked it up, and I'm like, hey, Elise, this says something for both of us. It's got <laughs> giant monsters. It's got Anne Hathaway and a quirky indie we'll, comedy. We'll watch it on our anniversary this week. Oh, yeah, our anniversary yeah. is this week. So we're going to work. Happy anniversary. We'll watch that. I'll watch uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe by myself, even though Brian Cox is in it, and he's excellent. Um, I'm cool. I'll pass. I'll okay. pass. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Alex, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to read more web comics. Oh shit, the web comics. The web comic. Oh, yeah. Web comic at the week. Yeah. We're, right, we're at an hour and, and a half. We're past an hour and a half. I'll be quick. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> so, so this, this, and the reason I'll be quick is because this, the, the argument of whether or not this is a web comic is. Is a this lot. everything, Jake? No, oh, this okay. is all night laundry. Okay. So all night laundry, despite the name. Only the beginning part of it takes place in a laundry. So, uh, are you, you you're familiar with the whole uh, adventure, the MS Paint adventure? Oh so, yeah, of course. Yeah. So this started out as a MS Paint adventure, and for those that are not aware, basically the difference between an MS Paint adventure and the adventure is in quotes. Is Homestuck still going on? Homestuck is not still going on. Homestuck finished. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's the Homestuck kind of thing where people can comment on it and it adds to the story. So it's kind of a a group collaborative effort to tell yeah. a story. So, so not so much Homestuck as um, Problem Sleuth. It's it's a little more Problem Sleuth, and it because it it, it sticks with that, um, and it it's not intolerable to read like Homestuck oh, is. Oh God! Um, but but we're gonna get a million <laughs> Homestuck fans. No one's gonna be listening to this until you like now. You've said that Homestuck is bad. I thought that me making fun of Firefly last week would do it, but no, it's you making fun of Homestuck. I mean, I tried Homestuck, and I just couldn't finish it because of the, the format of trying yeah. to read all that shit no just... i agree i remember it constant them constantly saying like oh yeah homestuck is gonna be ending in like three months and then like it six months would. later it was still like he was still introducing new characters <laughs> so so this is this is all night laundry and basically it starts out as a very simple premise this journalism st student uh bina Mir uh let me try to pronounce this bina miriala uh, in um, McGrill University in Montreal. Uh, basically, one night, she goes to a laundromat to do her laundry. And shit gets weird. And okay. uh, basically, you know, she ends... It, it turns into... Like, like it's really interesting how originally the, the author's original idea was for it to be just kind of a simple, quick, easy horror story. But because of the interaction of the fans, it's turned into The internet this, has ruined it. It's this sprawling, time-traveling adventure where they're trying to basically stop this extra-dimensional being from destroying everything by having people know about it. Okay, question. Yes. Does the bust of Snoop Dogg play a pivotal role? <laughs> the bust of Snoop Dogg does not play a pivotal role. No, though, not interesting. Though there is, in fact, a plushy beaver called Justin Beaver. Okay, that actually, that, that that's a little bit... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's pretty good too. But basically, Captain Snoop though it, it delves hashtag Captain Snoop. It base it delves into like her dreams and what is real in the dreams kind of affects you know what's going on in, in the actual thing. But largely, it's it's about her trying to survive at least for the first part of it, and then trying to fight back. the The main antagonist is this thing that they don't really know what it is. They call it the Botfly. And it's kind of infected her with this this radiation, I guess you could say, that enables her to open up holes through time. And it's a lot of... Time is warped and space is bendable? Time is warped and space is bendable. And it kind of goes crazy with it. Uh, if you like time travel, if you like... If you like stories about people with actual character development, because oh. she does you know, change over the course of the story... If you like hearing the author's notes about how this is going to end soon for five years. No. <laughs> uh, so it is problems. <laughs> it is Homestuck. But it is, it, it, the thing is that usually there's only like one drawing a day. Mm. And most of it is, it, it updates every day. Like it updates every single day. And it's been doing this constantly for five years. Um, but if you like it where it's, it's mostly text. And it's it's usually in like book format where it's kind of understandable, mm. um, but you know there's usually one picture, sometimes two, sometimes a GIF if you're lucky. Uh, but it is I would still consider a webcomic, and I think it is fantastic. Um, I would rec and and the thing about I would recommend for anybody interested in webcomics, any of these webcomics I I say, after this point, including this one, because like you know Sherlock Mercenaries is really old, but after this point, read the first. 10 pages if you're not hooked by the first 10 pages then stop it but that's a good kind of indication of what your interest might be for mm -hmm. this and i think that everyone here you know would probably be interested yeah in. I, i'd say that's a oh, oh just been yeah that sounds like something that actually i would enjoy it's been a while since i've read a web comic i the only one that I really even check with any sort of regularity anymore is Akewood, and that updates so infrequently. Mm -hmm. But Akewood's Akewood's great. Not uh, Sunday morning breakfast cereal. I I follow him on Facebook now, so it's just kind of like when he posts stuff on Facebook, I look at it. Mm -hmm. But, but not checking. Uh, yeah, day. I don't check it every day anymore, as, as much as I would like to. All right. All right. All right. I think it's I think it's past time yeah, to think, bring this ship home. I think that's a podcast, I think, everyone. I think that's a podcast. All right. All right. Thank you very much. My name's Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And this is Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Right. We'll we'll catch you all next time. See ya. Bye.